0: This is Arthur Farrelly Martin, and I dropped in to remind us that today, we already know what I'm going to say, that today is another wonderful good day. And today, as we know it, is the day that the Lord has made. And I don't know about you, but I am going to rejoice and be glad that I am alive and I'm living in it. Are you a lot glad that you're alive living in this day that the Lord has made? In everything and all things, let us remember to give God thanks and praise for a grateful heart is a thankful heart. All right? I'm dropping in today. Again, my name is Carly Martin, Dr. Carly Martin, and welcome to my podcast, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. You know, we got to go in and deal with those real life issues, right? Because man is what looks at the heart and is impressed. And God looks at the heart and says, hey, we need to fix that. There's no condemnation here, but this podcast is for a mature audience only. If you're ready to be changed, if you're ready to be delivered, if you're ready to be set free, then let's get ready and deal with our own inner issues. The Word of God tells us that we confess our own faults, to confess our own faults so that we can be healed, so we can be delivered, so we can be set free. I don't know about you. But I'm here to say, Lord, here I am. It's me, Lord. Show me me. We say it all the time, Lord. Creating us a clean heart, renewing us a right spirit. That's our prayer for us today, Lord. Creating us a clean heart, Lord, and renewing us a right spirit, Lord. You said if we would judge ourselves, we will not have to be judged. We're not here to judge each other, Father, but we're here to see ourselves. So, Father, we come before you with a humble heart, with the open ears, with a heart to receive eyes to see and ears open, Father God, to say unto you, Lord, show me me. I don't know about you, but that's my prayer, Lord, show me me, because my heart desire, Father, is to become more and more, to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, in the name of Jesus, Father, I give you glory, we give you honor, Father, we give you praise, Father, as I open my mouth, Father, I ask that you, please, anoint my lips of clay. For as I open my mouth, Holy Spirit, Father, I give you permission to speak through me. When you said whoever we yield our members to, Lord God, that's who we're serving to. So I sit here and I yield my members to you. And I say, Holy Spirit, use me, however you see fit, Father. Give me a word to minister to myself and give me a word to minister to your people. Thank you again for joining in. Today we're going to, I'm asking, because you already know, you know, you know I gotta know I'm, so I'm dropping it cause I gotta ask the question are you walking by facts S-A-C-T-S or are you walking by faith yes, yes 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 we get ready to dig into this we get ready to dig into this because you know that as believers you know the word of God tells us that the Jeff you know we're supposed to live by faith right We're supposed to live by faith, and we're supposed to walk by sight, right? I mean, i walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, it tells us, it says, For we live by faith and not by sight. That's the NIV version, right? The NLT version says, For we live by believing and not by seeing. (laughs) I like that one. We're supposed to live by what we believe, Not by what we see. So I have to ask this question one more time, one more time. Are you walking by facts? Or are you walking by faith? Because when we're walking by facts, we're walking by what we can see with our five senses. What we can touch, taste, see, feel, and hear. And those that's not the realm that he tells us to walk in. He tells us to walk in the Spirit, and we want to fulfill the love of the flesh. We cannot walk in the spirit, and in, in the flesh in, in, uh, and believe in the spirit. No, we have to walk in the spirit. When we're walking in love, we're walking in the spirit. When we're walking in love, God is spirit. God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Isn't that what the word of God tells us? But I like this NLT version where it says for we live by believing and not by faith. Therefore we have all we we all are always confident, although we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. That's Second Corinthians six. Six says six and seven through eight. Seven says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident then and we prefer to be away from the body. Uh the excuse me would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. They, he was talking about, you know, I, I really prefer to be away from the body, but because uh, I know that when I'm away from the body, I'm, I'm here with the Lord. But I'm reading, really reading that scripture, Second Corinthians 5 and 7, because I want to pull that out, that um, we have to walk by what we believe and not by what we see. Are you walking by, are you living? Walking means living. It's a daily lifestyle. Are we living by what we believe? Or are we living by what we see? And 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 I'm, hold on, hold on, because here's a here comes a hard word. Um, but the truth of the matter is, we we act on what we believe to be true. We really do, because faith without work is dead, right? Faith without corresponding action is dead. So, in other words, we're acting on what we believe. When we're when we're our body will, is doing what our mind is telling it to. Okay. And what's in us is coming out of us. Because what's in our heart, it's with our heart that we believe. It's with our heart that we believe, right? Are we walking by what's what's in us is coming out of us, okay? The abundance of a man's heart and his mouth is speaking. But what I'm trying to say is, we're acting on what we believe in our heart. It's with the mouth that we confess Romans 10, 9, and 10, tells us. But it's with our heart that we believe And so, how many of you remember that when Jesus dealt with the children of Israel, he said to them that they had an evil heart of unbelief. Mm. So, a heart of unbelief is an evil heart. And the reason a heart of unbelief is an evil heart is because when we don't believe God, we call him a liar. Oh, yep, I said it. I remember when he first told me that he crushed me to the core. But you know what, we just got to deal with the... Facts. We're gonna I mean with the truth. We're gonna just make it simple. So simple that if your five-year-old, your four-year-old could get on here and hear it, they will be able to understand. So that's how I like it's the simplicity of the gospel One thing the Bible tells us without understanding when we don't understand the words, that the devil is able to steal it. Because we can't have faith with something we don't understand, right? So he wants to steal John 10, 10 says, steal, kill, and destroy. And God said, Jesus said it in that order. Uh, Everything God says, he says on purpose, for a purpose, uh, with a purpose in mind. So when he spoke it, he said, steal first. Why? Because if he can steal the word of God, he can kill our faith. And if he can kill our faith, he can destroy our hope. And and, uh, just leave us hopeless. A hopeless person is a very dangerous person. Because a hopeless person has no sense of purpose. Okay, and they cast off restraint for just one while. I mean, you know that's what the word of God teaches us. But I'm trying to uh, stick with this here. Um, are you walking by faith? Or are you walking by faith? We're getting ready to deal with this in more details. We're gonna use um we're gonna come out of um, Genesis one and seven. I always say if you wanna know how something does, Go back to the beginning of how it was done, because how I many of you know there's nothing new under the sun, including the cover. There's nothing new under the sun. So, really, what what uh, what's going on now has really already been done. The situation, circumstances may have been a little bit different. We're no longer riding on horses and stuff like that, but it's still the same. Because how many of you know the devils don't die? <laughs> That's why presidents and all this stuff is never going to go away until the end time when they're cast to the lake of fire by the people. Now, how many of you know that devils don't die? So that means the same demons that was here when Jesus was here, they're still here. <laughs> the same demons that was here when the slave masters and Hitler and all those people, they're still here. The only thing happened is the when the body seeks to live, the spirit gets up and go find him another house. That's why the, the Bible tells us to be sober and to be alert because our adversary, the devil, he's going about seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for someone who's a sweet spiritual. He's looking for someone that he can get to want my facts and not my faith. How many of you know that the devil is looking for fact finders? Because see, he takes what you can see, and he don't want you to see it the way God sees it. He wants you to look at it at what you have in your natural mind so we can act on it based upon the natural facts that we have in him. So we're going to look at, he did this to eat. But the Bible tells us that we're to walk by faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith. Why is it? Because without faith, Hebrews tells us it's impossible to please God, right? But we must first believe that he does exist and he is a reward of those that diligently seek him, right? We must first believe. We must first believe. Hebrews 11 and 6 tells us, right? He says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. There, there it is. There it is. There's the answer to pleasing God. It's not praying ten times a day. No, we need to pray. I'm, I'm not denigrating any of this. But a lot of times, when people attempt to please God, they think they have to do all these works and all these other things, and that's pleasing to God. It doesn't matter how many works we do if we don't. If we're not doing it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're not doing it because God said to do it. <laughs> then the devil is wasting our time. How many of you know that? Those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And this is, you know, this is our main goal as believers. Because in order to be, to walk as an ambassador of Jesus Christ, or in order to walk as a minister of reconciliation, we must be able to be led by the Spirit. So we're not just doing stuff just to be doing it. We must be led by the Spirit of the living God. Right now, the Lord is leading me to help homeless people to follow me. I mean, I'm going to follow his lead. As a baby Christian, I've always had this type of ministry. But uh, for a season, he took it away, and now for some reason, it's back for a second. But whatever he says, that's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to run with the rock. With it. These people, that uh, they're crying out to the Lord, and he's hearing their prayers. And then he's sending us into the lives of these people. And when we get there, they'd be like, I was crying out to the Lord, asking him to help me. And I say, yeah, and he heard your prayer, and he sent us. He arrested us, and he brought attention to you. And that's why we're here. Because we want you to know Jesus Christ, God loves you. And that's why we're here, to minister his love to you and to be a- assisted in whatever way that the Lord can fit. I mean, you know, it's not about what we want, it's about what he wants. We must, cru- we're crucified with Christ. Nonetheless, I live yet not I, the Christ that liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith I live in what Jesus Christ always did. But um, here it is. I'm going to flow with the Holy Spirit, okay? Because somebody's going to hear this and they're going to get something out of it, what they need. Because I don't believe that the word of God returns more. I believe that it accomplished those things where it's too and sick. And if a person has time enough to sit down and listen to this podcast, that shows their hunger and their desire for the word of God, the will of God, and the way of God, the things of God. So Hebrews eleven and six says, But without faith, it's impossible to please them. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I think I did a podcast last week sometimes says, do you just believe that God exists, or do you believe in God? There's a difference. There's a difference, let's get to say. Because even the devil believes and he trembles. Okay? So, that's not enough. We can't just believe believe that, that God exists. We have to believe in God. We have to believe in the fact that His Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We have to believe that it was for this purpose that the Son of God was manifest. We have to believe that because God so loved us that he sent his only begotten Son, Jesus, to God for us. Right? We have to believe in the works. We have to believe in what he already done. We have to believe in the blood. We gotta believe in the redemption. I'm asking you, are you a believer? What I'm asking you, do you believe that what Jesus Christ did is already done? Because when we believe that what he did is already done, that's what we can walk by faith. See, that's a hindrance to faith. When we're praying prayers, are we praying prayers of faith or are we praying of this? When we're, when we're uh, praying Lord me," that's not the prayer of faith. Because it's already done. He said it's finished. He said by Jesus' Christ, we were. W-E-R-E. A past tense. We were healed, meaning that it's already done. Jesus said, it's finished, it's done. He gave us a ghost and he went on to heaven. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Okay, all of the works of the devil. Healing is the children's bread. Do you believe that you're already healed or are you trying to get healed? Are you sitting here waiting for God to do something? Well, we're not going to be able to call Christ back down from heaven. He's not coming back to do anything else to do with far as well until doing done. He said it's finished. But the question is, do you believe that it's already done? And we can tell what we believe by what we say, too, because I find the abundance of a man's heart is mouth speaks. There's no condemnation. All this is is just a faith problem. Remember, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have a problem believing God because we're not hearing the word of God. You see what I'm saying? So to have faith in God, we have to hear the word of God. For faith comes by hearing. This is the Bible being of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It says faith is. This means the word is is an adjective that's describing the word faith. It's telling us what faith is. Let's just stick to the Bible, okay? Let's, we're not talking about the actions of faith. We're talking about what faith is, okay? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. This is the meaning of the word faith. Faith is, we're not talking about what faith does. It's a difference. We're talking about what faith is, okay? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Let me, let me bring uh, pull it up for you so we can read it faith is the substance of things hoped for Hebrews 11 and 1 now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen so in order to walk by faith <laughs> we got to walk by what we believe and not by what we see because here it says Faith is the substance of things hoped for. I like to ask the question, too, because I want to stop and pause and ask for a minute and a moment, a second, and say, what are you hoping for? The reason we're feeling hopeless is because we're not, because we're faithless. Hold on. Wait a minute. There is no condemnation. Okay? That's, that's, we can fix that. Okay? Because faith comes by hand, right? So every area in our lives where we're feeling hopeless, it's an area in our lives where we're faithless. And the reason we're faithless is simply because we don't know what the Word says. See? Simple. So all we have to do is find out what the Word says. Because for real, for every problem, God really does have a promise. So what we have to do is go in here and find out what the promise is concerning the problem. You see, this is why I say things like, "My life, I, We are the main subject of our own life story. This is what I mean when I say this Because it's about me letting God Me seeing me You know it's about taking the plank out of my own eyes So uh, uh, most of this stuff I'm telling you I've already lived Or uh, uh, been processed through it and uh, Or be, you know Growing from faith to faith uh, God is given new revelation Even as I'm speaking to you You know he's given us some fresh manner uh, my, my prayer is Lord download it in me download it in Florence and i will go and i will tell. tell it i will tell it because i am a tell-tale tell for the gospel of jesus i am a tell-tale tell. and, and i, I hate the devil in every fiber of my being okay uh, when i see people in bondage uh, to me, it's like I see a snake tied around their neck. And I don't know about you, but if I saw somebody with a snake tied around their neck, I would try to do something. If nothing else called 911, I want to do something to try to help this person get delivered in that And that's how I feel. You know, I love people, but I hate the devil with every fiber of my being. So I am a telltale because one thing I know about the truth is that it sets us free from a lie. It's not about people liking me, who I am. It's about people loving uh, on the God that we serve. Because when Christ, this when Christ is lifted up, that people are drawn to Him. It's not about people drawn to you, but even when people are drawn to you, it's not you that they're drawn to. You, it's the anointing. It's the presence of God in you. So let's make sure that we keep things in order. That when people come to you, you let them know it's not you, it's the God that's in you. That's how we get into people worship. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to here. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. What are you hoping for? I'm, I'm going to just stop for a second. What are you hoping for concerning your family, your children? What are you hoping for? I'm talking about according to the word. What are you hoping for concerning your, your marriage? What are you hoping for concerning your what are you? And, and this is why we feel hopeless, because we don't know what the word says. And guess what? When we don't know what the word says, we go to the W-O-R-L-D, to the world, to see what they say. And when we start living by the principles of the world, the W-O-R-L-D, it takes us away from the principles of the W-O-R-D. And Jesus says, Don't you know to be friends with the world is to be an enemy? It puts you at odds with God. It makes you an enemy of God." To be friends with the world,
1: isn't that what happened
0: to Saul when he when he couldn't he could no longer hear from God, he could no longer get the W O R D. He went to the W O R L D. He went to the witch. He went to the witch for a word, and some of us are going to witches for words. He said, "Blessed is he who sits not in the council of the ungodly." Right. God said you're blessed when you sit not in the council of the ungodly. Blessed is he. Blessed is he who sits not. Blessed is he who sits not in the council of the ungodly. Right? That's Psalms 1. Blessed is he Bless, I'm going to read the NIV version. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in a way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. NLT says, oh, the joy of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around sinners or join in with mockers. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or sit foot on the path of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. In other words, we're not living like the world is. We're not setting foot in the path of the sinners because as believers we're called into the world. Sinners sin, right? That's what we uh before we became believers, that was our lifestyle. Sinners sin. We was not trying to walk in love. We weren't, to walk in love is to walk in obedience to God's word. The way we prove prove to God that we love Him is when we obey what He said. Because Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. See how the Word of God connects itself. It interprets itself. There's no problem in interpretation. You don't have to be making up stuff to find the meaning of His Word. God's Word interprets itself. There's no problem in interpretation. Ask the Holy Spirit when we're reading and studying the Word. Father, what did you mean by that? Let's put amen in saying amen to things that God was not saying. Okay, I don't care how good it sounds, I don't care. Let's not get caught up in the ice and emotionalism or all the metaphors. Let's just stick to the word because that's the only thing that's going to deliver us and set us free, right? Remember Jesus told the disciples, John 8:36. That's you know, that's my favorite. One of them. If you like um, if continue my words here on my disciples and these you'll know the truth and the truth is the truth. But what I'm trying I'm trying to get here, um, are you walking by facts or are you walking by faith? So he tells us uh that the just shall live by faith. Right? We already talked about that. How we um without faith it's impossible to please God. We must first believe that he exists and he is rewarded. So why is it so to please God is simply to believe God. Okay, so we we can give up all our religious work. Because um, to please God is to believe God. And when I say religious, I'm talking about religious. Just doing stuff um, so you can feel good about yourself and so you can look good to others. Oh, I said it. I hate religion. I hate religion. spirit of religion because I operated in that. Okay. Um, so to please God is simply to believe God. Okay. So, and to act on what he says. So what is God saying to you? Every time we do what God says do we're walking in love. That's how we're proving our love to Him. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in obedience to God's Word and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. (laughs) Isn't that what Romans say? Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, right? In other words, walk in love and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let's pull that scripture up. Walk in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's Galatians 5 and 16. Let's read that. Galatians 5 and 16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. NLT says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. I like NLT and the English Standard Version says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of flesh. Why is it? Because every time we do what God say do, we, we rebel against what the devil say do. But not only that, when we're walking in the Spirit, when we're walking in love, we're not going to fulfill the uh, lust of the flesh. Because love is opposite to evil. The flesh is evil. The flesh is in opposition. what God wants. So when we walk in the flesh, we're not not satisfying um, the Lord. When we're gratifying the desires of our flesh, we're not walking in the spirit. In other words, when we're sinning, we're not not, uh, walking in the spirit. There's no condemnation because when we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. But know this too, there's a a, uh, uh, willful uh, sin of obedience. I I think that let me me. I think that sometimes you can see God gave us a choice because love is choice and not force, okay? So I think people, the, the deception of this is that the devil think because God allow us to do what we want to do because love is choice and not force that God is in some way in agreement with what we're doing. But the Bible tells us, uh, shall we abide in sin because we're under grace, God forbid, for what God is not mine. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Shall we continue in sin because grace of God? God is not mocked. And whatsoever a man soweth, that he's going to reap. I don't care how much we love Jesus. That's the law of reciprocity. Whatever we sow, we're going to reap. If I go sow a tomato seed, I'm going to reap a tomato seed tree. I don't care how much I pray. I'm not, because the seed is within itself, it's going to produce after its own kind. And I believe that if we really believe that we reap what we sow, I mean, a lot of times we just believe in evil things, but we reap good too, not just evil things, but we're going to reap the good things that we sow also. So um, if we really believe that, we would really be conscious of how we treated people, because we would know, hey, that's going to come back on you. It might not come from them, but it's coming back, because I sowed that evil seed, I'm going to reap that evil tree. Um, it's going to come back somewhere else So you're yelling and screaming and being nasty to yourself And then when you get to what, Someone is yelling and screaming and being nasty to you You can't connect to that mm-hmm. This is bad This is bad See this, See you did that here And you reaped it here But a lot of times I think we get confused on that reaping and so on Because we've be looking for it to come from the same person In other words If you do good to someone You're expecting them to do it bad sometimes it works like that and sometimes it don't that, but your motive, your purpose for doing stuff for people should be because of that if, as believers, our motives for doing good should be because of God <laughs> those who are the sons of God have the ability to be that by the spirit of God so anything done outside of faith is sin, how many of you know that the Bible says anything done out without faith is sin let's read that here that's Romans 14, 23 read that, Romans 14, 23, I want to read, i going to read different versions, okay, King James says, and he that doubteth is damned if he eat, but because he eat not of faith, for whatsoever is done out of faith is sin, it's in other words, uh, new king, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith for whatsoever whatever is not from faith is hand. In other words, we need to make sure that whatever it is that you're doing, you're doing it because God says you can't be jumping on bandwagon. Okay? In other words, you can't just be doing stuff because everybody else is doing it. You have to make sure that what you're doing is what God is telling you to do. Because if your heart is condemning you. But if he who is, he who doubts is there. In your heart, if you're not believing that God is telling you to do it, your heart is going to condemn in. God leads by way of peace. How many of you know that God leads by peace? So quit just doing stuff because everybody is doing it. Just because things are sociably accepted by the world does not mean it's sociably accepted by God. And no, everybody is not doing it. It's just those people in your influence, the people that you know. And let's start with these mindset strongholds. Because mindset strongholds are formed based upon our belief and our limited life experiences. And so uh, to, because of these familiar spirits, you get three bad guys in a row. Now you say all men are bad. That's a mindset stronghold that was formed by your, your limited experience with three bad men. But the truth of the matter is, all men are not bad because you have not dated all men. All women are not bad because you have that. That is called what the Bible calls a mindset stronghold. we are supposed to pull down those mindset strongholds. Let's not quit forming opinions based upon our limited experience. Because that's not walking by faith. That's walking by your limited experience. And that's not even the truth because that's your limited experience because the truth of the matter is all men are not this way all women are not because you haven't been around all women and you haven't been around all men and that revelation alone right now in the name of Jesus I just set someone free I'm sister by the Holy Spirit that alone because you're limiting, the devil is limiting you because of our thought life that's how he does it because we, our mind has to be renewed before our, our, our position in life can change. we got to change our mindset and change our lifestyle. We have to change our mindset to change our way of thinking or our way of living. I'm talking about in our own individual lives. How many of you know that people are not called to change other people? Our job is to allow God to change us. yield our members to help so he can use us and pray for the other person. God does not give people authority and power over other people. Well, that's witchcraft. Let's stay away from that. I'm trying to stick with here, but this where the Holy Spirit is taking. We're talking about, are you living by faith, facts, or are you living by faith? This is a good question to ask, especially during this pandemic and all this stuff. Are we living by faith or are we living by faith? Genesis 3 and 1. I'm going to see if I can get into this. Remember, faith caused, caused those things to seem not, as so though they were, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of something that we can't even see. That, that's what God did, right? There was, when, there was no light until he said, let there be light. Now when he spoke and said, let there be light, there was light. But before he spoke it, you could not see it. He was calling those things which did not need to exist in. And as as he is, the Bible says, so are we in this world. How many of you know? This is another one of my favorite scriptures: that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is also on the inside of us. Right? We had the same, and Jesus gave us that same power. He said, "I give you the keys to the kingdom, and whatever you allow on earth, and whatever you find on earth." shall be bound in heaven, and where we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven, where are we body and loosening? remember life and death is in the power of our tongue. so we're framing our world our W-O-R-L-D with our W-O-R-D we're framing our world with our words, isn't that what God did he spoke it, he said let there be, there was no light let there be light, right Genesis one and three, and God says, "Let there be light," and there was light. Now let me let me start on, on uh, verse two, Genesis one and two. Okay, it says, uh, "Now the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface surface of the waters." And God said, "This is what God said." He said, "See, remember, let's go back up to the top. See, remember it says." into now the earth it didn't have no form and it was void it didn't have no shape and it says that it was darkness so darkness was on the face of the earth it was all dark it was all dark in the natural it was dark but god said no let there be light and there was light he framed the world with his words and we're framing our world with our words and uh, are we walking by what we see or are we walking by what we believe we must believe with our heart. And there's, no, I don't even know. There's no buts in God. We can't, we can't say, Lord, I trust you, but there's no ifs ands or buts in God. He is stable. I mean, he he cannot tell a lie. The Bible tells us that God cannot tell a lie. He's not the son of man that you shall repent for anything. God is true. Jesus and I am the way, the truth, and the life. He cannot tell a lie. To tell a lie, he has he has to deny himself. He has to go against himself. God is love for him not to love he'll have to deny himself he has to go against himself but i'm trying to ask the question i'm getting around I'm, I'm really trying to work my way into this are we walking by facts by what we can see or are we walking by faith by what god's word says let's not confuse facts with the truth now genesis we're gonna i'm to let me see if i can get through this genesis 1 to 7 now the surface, was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say? Oh. Here he comes with doubt. He's trying to steal the word. This is what he said. Jesus said he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to steal the word through doubt. Did God actually say you should not eat of the tree in the garden? He's trying to even put that seed of doubt in there. And the woman said to the supper, now here she knows the scripture to quote the word back to the devil okay here she goes in two and the woman said to the serpent we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden now verse three she, she quoting the word back she quoting isn't that what we do we can know bible verses and not know god or not believe god okay now here she comes in three she quoting the word because she's saying what god said when you say what god said you're quoting the word so here in verse three genesis one and three she said but god said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So she told the serpent, and, and that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to tell, that's why I say we're in a word war. When the devil say a word, we tell him what God says, right? Because that's our that's, that's weapon of warfare. For the weapons of our warfare are our power of Almighty mighty um, through the down the strong, right? So when we put on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the uh, full armor of God, we know, we say that the word is the sword of the spirit, right? It's sharper than any two-edged sword. When Jesus was in the garden being tempted by the serpent, by the devil, he was speaking the word. He was tell the devil, to say, if you be the son of God, then cast yourself on these you all the angel of God. And then Jesus said, it is written, you shall not test the word of God. So it, I like to say we're in a word war. This is why we have to know the Word. Because the only thing that the devil has to bow down to is the Word. Why is it? Because God and His Word is one. And when we're speaking the Word, we're bringing the presence of God on the scene. When we speak the Word, that's why I say the power is released in the submission and not in the competition. Every time we speak the Word, and every time we do the Word, it releases the power of God to operate in that, in that situation. It causes the angels of the Lord to be able to fight on our behalf. For, for the angels of the Lord, they hearken unto the voice of the Lord. God is watching over what His word, not our word. He's watching over His own word to perform it. Because God and His word is one. He's bound by His word. That's why He cannot tell a lie. So God is His word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word came fleshed uh, among men, right? So God, his word is one. The word is who God is. So when we're speaking the word, not only we're swinging the sword. When we speak the word, we swing the sword. We swing the sword of the spirit. And that's how we fight the battle. He said, fight the good fight the faith. Because the devil is already defeated. So all he's doing is using words. He didn't physically do anything to eat. He used his words to deceive her. Life and death is in the power of our tongue. Our words have power. God used words to claim the world. And the truth of the matter is when Jesus passed out devils, he didn't even touch them. He told them to leave, to go. He commanded them to go. Right? Words. Words bind us. Words loose us. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. We need to life and death. When we're not speaking life, we're speaking death. I want us to watch our words. Because when we're not speaking life, we're speaking death. Who is using your tongue? God or the devil? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Lord help us to be slow to speak death so we can watch our words, because when we're slow to speak, we think about what we're going to say before we say it. Proverbs says it's a fool that gives full vent to his emotions. In other words, I, I just got to give you a piece of my mind, don't you? Well, that's just the mind of Christ. Hold on. Oh, oh. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to this. Are we living by facts or are we living by uh, truth? Okay, um, now she's here. In Genesis 3 and 1, she said, But God said you shall not eat of the tree that's in uh, the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it And she die. She quoted the word back to the devil. But then he comes back. But the stuff that said to the woman, here he come again with his lie. The devil is a liar, so he tells lies. He said, You will not surely die. There he go again, trying to get her to doubt. He's still coming. What is he trying to do? He's trying to steal the word. Right, this is the first sin that was committed in the earth, right? So if you want to know how something works, always go back to the beginning. Look at this, because there's nothing new under the sun. The devil's still using the same tactics. Here we see the three the three temptations of Christ. What is it? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All three of those is working in this Bible verse here. I'm going to show it to you. These are the three temptations of Christ. These are three temptations that Christ had to overcome. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the fire of life. And when he was in the garden being tempted, go back and read that. And when you read it, I want you to look at it in your eyes. I want you to be able to see the lust of the flesh when he was hungry. The lust of the eyes when the serpent took him up took, uh, on a high place and told him, see, God, I worship him and give him all of that. He was trying to tempt him by what he sees. He was trying to make him lust and covet That's the worldly things. And then we see the pride of life When he says, if you be the son of God When you're dealing with pride It's always going to challenge your cancer It's always going to challenge you To make you feel like you have to prove something But we don't have anything to prove Because we are who God says we are We don't have to try to be, just be We are heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ I'm not trying to be like anybody. I'm already am I'm cool He says I am And the good thing about me being me. Is that nobody can be me at the end. So I'm not, why do you want to try to be like somebody else when God is already satisfied how he created you? Just be the best you and let God work on you so you can be a better version of who he has called and created you to be so people will see the Christ in us and be drawn to him. So when they come to you and say, hey, it's something different about you, you can say, hey,
1: I'm going to tell you what it
0: is. It's the God in me that you see. That's what makes me different. There's nothing special about me. It's the God that's in me. I'm an heir and a joint heir in Jesus Christ. I'm a king's kid and I'm a daddy's girl. How many of you guys know that? He's our our father. We're not fatherless and we're not motherless. And even though we don't have everything that we want, we do have everything that we need. And as our father sees fit. He will give it to us because he's not trying to withhold any good thing from us he gave us his only one begotten got son what else is there that he will not freely give us but some things come at a point in time because we have to be mature enough to handle it you're not going to go and give your 10 year old the keys to the car it's not that you don't want him to have the car it's not that you don't want him to know how to drive it's just that he's not ready for it yet. God will always prepare us for the place and the position before he puts us in the place and in the position. This is why I always say we have to be delivered from the people before God can deliver us to the people. So we can be ministered on his behalf and not on people's behalf. In other words, we want have people pulling our strength. We will be doing We'll be operating on the anointing and on the power But But I'm, I'm trying to stick with this here. Okay, so he's still coming for the word. Okay, you shall not be uh, any truth. And the woman said to the serpent yeah, and then she went on and told her mine. And then the serpent comes back again, but the serpent said to the woman, you shall, you are not surely God. Trying to, trying to convince her that God is lying and he's telling the truth. And that's what deception is. That's why I say the worst deception is self-deception because when you start believing something in your heart, the things are true, that is deception. And it's going to take the power of God to uproot it. So he, here he is he told her. In other words, he said, God is lying. You're not going to show me. God. Verse five, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. No know good good for me. She didn't know who she was because if she would have known who she was, she would have known that she was already like God. She was created in this image and His life. It's so important that we know who we are, that we know our identity in Christ. Um, that because of that, the devil would sound like identity. That's what he comes. He, he don't want us to see ourselves the way God sees us. He wants us to see ourselves blessed. With. And that's why the that comparison game is Because when we don't know who we are, that's what end you step That's when we become savvy. That's what other people have, how not want to be like other people. Just be. Be the best you can be. Because God created the body and every of supplies to need. And you're you're gonna be most effective doing what he created you to do. You may be able to do a lot of things. But I'm telling you, the only thing that's gonna be really and God may grace you for a season to be able to do certain things, to he probably like that. But that's not my my main focus really. My, you know, I you know how to be on websites, I know how to just publish books and Somewhere along the way the Lord is gonna get me going to publish my own books, because that's fine. Kind of, um, he graces me to do it for now. But it's not going to be like that. For I always say when the grace is gone, it's time to move on. Because whatever God calls you to do, he will grace you. He will put his ability, his light, his anointing on you to be able to carry out the task. And it won't be heavy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. When we're doing it in our own strength, it's the wicked man that was called to work from the sweat of his brow. So when you're heavy, you, we need to stop and look at some things and see if we're carrying. I'm saying things that sometimes some of the things that God has called us to do. Make sure we're not carrying. When people come to you with a prayer request, don't carry it. you got to cast it. How do you cast it? You cast it through prayer. If someone comes to you for counsel and you don't know how to cast it, you know not to carry it. Now you're going to be feeling heavy like them because you didn't know how to cast it. So they may be free and you're loaded down because you didn't cast it. So we have to guard our heart, guard our ears, guard our eyeballs. Be careful of what we're allowed to go in. Blessed is he who sits not in the council of the ungodly. When we're not sitting in the council of God, we're sitting up under the council of the ungodly. This worldly council, um, the news media. I'm not calling it evil, but I'm just saying we need to censor it. We need to discern it. Because God used anything in anybody. He can use a donkey. Surely he can use the news media to speak truth too. I believe it. Because they're foretelling us what the Bible has already told. That's why I love science so much because all they're doing is discovering what God has already said. <laughs> they're discovering. I, 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 I don't want to get stuck here. I'm trying to finish here. But I, I remember when I was in the, a criminal justice class and the professor said, you can just get a depressed person to laugh. Isn't that what part As soon as he said it instantly, the Holy Spirit came to me Laughter is good as medicine. He compared natural things to spiritual things. So the world is just uh, discovering what the Word has already said. It's kind of interesting sometimes to watch stuff and, and they think they're discovering something new. And as a believer, you already read it. And, and, and it's just awesome just to see um, God's power manifesting. You're just discovering. Uh, I always tell people, if you want to know what's next, read the word, not the only answer. Hold <laughs> on, oh, no, wait a minute. You know there's no condemnation in it. But really, we have to stick with the word of God, because this is what's going to deliver us to such Okay, so uh, here he comes again, verse 4, Genesis 1, 3 but the serpent said to the woman you should not surely die for God God knows that when you eat of it your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing verse 6 so when the woman saw the eyes lust of the uh, flesh when she saw that the fruit was good for food and that it was of the light to the eye. ok the lust of the flesh when she saw that the fruit was good for food ok and that it was of the light to the eyes, less of the eyes, and that the tree was uh, was to be desired to make one wise, pride of life. She took of it, of its fruit, and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her. You hear that? I ain't gonna get in that right now. But it says that her husband was with her. He was right there. While she was having an encounter with the devil, he said absolutely nothing. He saw the whole thing, okay? And he knew what was going on because the Bible says he was not deceived. He was well aware. He sat up there and let her have a demonic encounter. We ain't going to get into it. I wonder why he didn't say anything. Then the eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked. And they saw fig trees together and made them. They try to hide their hands. They try to cover their themselves. But I think God we're in a We don't have to hide our things. How can we hide from God when he's everywhere? And he sees things and he's omnipresent and omnipotent. He's everywhere at the same time he knows everything. How can we hide from God? We can't hide from God. Timothy, first Timothy two and fourteen says. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman who was deceived, the fellow was always, uh, So here, Adam was not, uh, Eve was not deceived. She was going by what she could see. And and this is this really why I pulled this text, because I wanted to know, are you walking by facts or are you walking by faith? The things that are, do appear is not always as they really are, okay? Because in the natural, it looked like that fruit was good for food. He convinced her that this is the way are you walking by facts? Are you walking by what you could see? That was a fact. I bet that that was a fact. In the natural, that tree did really look like it was really good. It did. It was probably. I mean, it looked like it was good for food. That that was a fact. She was walking by what she could see. He took her from the spiritual realm into the natural realm, and he tricked her. Out of the tree he deceived her. She allowed herself to be deceived. Because she believed a lie instead of the truth. Isn't that what deception is? When we believe them, a lie instead of the truth? Because she started out with the truth. She even quoted back to him what God said in verse 3. But God said, You shall not eat of the truth. She knew the word. How is it she keep you can know the word and still be deceived, yes, if we don't believe it in our heart. That's why he says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, lest you deceive yourself. How many of you are there? How many of us is bearing fruit? And how many of us is actually doing the work of the Lord, being disciples? It's not just about knowing the word. It's not about just having a personal prayer time. It's not about just that. We actually have to do what the word of God says do. We must be about our father's business. Jesus Christ is on his way back. It's not time to go back to what we, going back to Egypt, going back to Sodom and They Thinking, oh, we're gonna go back to normal. No, God is a God is a God of uh, of uh, a face-to-face movement forward, not backwards. He said forgetting those things which are beyond. A lot of you are looking, oh we can go back to our normal. No, uh-uh. We should be growing from faith to faith. There's no way we should have went through this pandemic and come out uh, preaching the same doctrine, uh, come out uh, living the same kind of way, come out doing the same kind of things. There's no condemnation. Like to me, uh, if you me closer to the Lord, because, you know, it should cause us to develop our own prayer life, it causes us to uh, get deeper in the Word, you know, He told my, he said, don't, he said, nobody looks back. When I bring you out of this mess, don't you look back. Some of us are looking back and we're longing for how things used to be. But God is saying, I need you to forget those things which are behind you. Look, don't you see, I'm doing something new. I'm doing a new thing. I said, Look, see, I'm doing a new thing. You're stuck in the old. I can't pour new wine skin into you because you're still stuck in the old. You cannot pour new wine into old wine skin. There's no condemnation. But that mindset, we have to have a, our mindset has to change. Otherwise, we're going to be stuck in the wilderness living the same kind of thing. Doing what we want and not doing what God wants. Don't let your want override God's will. Because God will let you have what you want. Because love is choice, not force. Is it. your want overriding God's will? I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I hear that so much. I literally cringe on the inside. It cringes me. It grieves me on the inside. Because it's not about what we want. It's about what God's will. How many of you know that Jesus didn't want to go to the cross? And we know this when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Don't allow your walk to override your will. Jesus said, Father, if there be another way, let this cut pass from you. But then he said, he was saying, I don't want to do this. I mean, if there's another way, there was his flesh. He was, he had a flesh, y'all. It was a flesh man. By one man's disobedience, Adam, we were all made unrighteous. It was by one man's obedience, Jesus Christ, we were all made righteous. So a man did it. So a man had to come and undo it. Okay? And it was for this purpose. That the Son of God was made manifest to destroy everything. That the devil did. In other words, Jesus came to undo everything that the devil did. It's up To walk by faith, we have to walk in the now. We have to walk in the present tense. Now faith is. Let's say with the word. Is. It says right now. That's present. Now faith is the substance of things hope for, the evidence of things not seen. Now that's right now. Now faith is. It has to be in the net. Now, right now. Now thank you. So here we see she was walking by sight. He pulled her into the natural realm. And he caused her to eat. And that's the area of deception. That's the area of the Yeah, it was true. Those were facts. But he, because she was walking by the facts, he tricked her out of the truth. Look, look, I mean, that tree really did exist. And it really did look, it was. It really did. It did. It says, uh, so when the woman saw, she was going by what she could see, that the tree was good for food. Okay, I'm sure it probably had, ooh, it was good for food, y'all. That's a fact. That was a fact, that tree did exist, that the tree was good for food. She saw, S-A-W, she saw it with her natural physical eyes. That was the fact. But the truth was, it really wasn't good. But the devil tricked her out of the truth, and that's deception. When we start walking by facts and not by faith, we're playing in the devil's arena. What does the word of God say? The word of God is opposite. To be friends with the world, he said, makes you enemy of God. What is he saying? To believe the world over the word, it makes you an enemy of God. Because what we're saying is that God is lying to me. Like the serpent said to her, you're not going to surely die. That's a lie. God said you will surely die. What lie has the devil told you to make you believe that the word of God is not true? We have to either by Jesus' stripes we're healed or we're not. There is no but in God we say God understands what God understands is you don't believe me because we said, without faith it's impossible to please God there is no but in God there is no but in God if you tell me something I either believe you or I don't that's what it is I either believe you or I don't and you can tell when people don't really believe you because they'll say things like well well, let me know if you're going to do it. Well, I wasn't for sure if he was, they to call and text you, even though you already told him. because people are not tr- uh, used to people doing what they say. But I personally believe that a man's word is his bond. If I tell you something, I'm going to do it. If I can't, I'm going to call you and tell you that I can't. I'm going to text you and do something. That's a character issue, y'all. There's no condemnation. But a man's word is his bond. That's not old school. That's God's school. If people can't trust what you say, they can't trust what you do. God, his word is one. And it's the same way because us and our word, we and our word is one. So if you tell someone something, you can't do it, go back and get your words because you're snared by the words of their mouth. You put yourself in debt to this person by what you said you would do, so go back and tell this person, hey, I can't do it, I'm sorry, I know I said it. So your word will still be good. Character, we got to have character to go with the call. A lot of us have anointings and gifts, but we got to. Comes right? The gifts and callings come from God. My time is almost up here. I'm asking the question, are we walking by facts or are we walking by faith? Peter, um, he was walking by faith, right? We know this. He was walking on uh Because without faith, impo- uh, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If we know in the natural, if we was going by facts, let me use this. If Peter was one by the facts, he would have never got out of the boat. According to the facts, okay. It's not, it's not possible to walk on top of the water. It's not, it's not, there's no gravity to that. You're going to just sink and fall. Gravity is not going to hold you up on top of the water. Now, according to facts, but Peter wasn't walking by facts. He was walking by faith. He stepped out on what Jesus said. And that's how we have to do it. He was calling those things which be not as though they were. That's what God's word is. God's word is opposition. You cut your hand. My hand is cut. That is a fact. That's a fact. It's reading. I'm looking at it. But the truth, the facts don't take away the truth. The facts do not alleviate the truth. Do not let the facts alleviate the truth. Because when we let the facts override God's truth, we're no longer walking by faith.